we would like to say a special thank you to the women of First Lutheran Church in Sioux Falls for sponsoring this week's episode. They knew there was something to listen to. They knew there was something else happening with Jesus, not not simply the healing. And of course, the physical healing is part of it, but that's not all of it. They had come to hear him. And boy, are they about to hear him, by the way, in what he's about to say. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. In this week's lectionary text, Luther House of Studies co-director Sarah Stenson teaches us about Jesus coming down the mountain after praying all night to deliver the Sermon on the Plain. The scene is set. So many people coming from every direction come to be healed by Jesus and to hear him preach. And as you'll hear in just a moment, the sermon Jesus gives is as radical to our ears today as it was to the original hearer's ears. Jesus delivers this incredible line, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. As you'll hear Sarah explain, Jesus is using the present tense here, for yours is the kingdom of God. God's kingdom happens when he blesses you. You are in that kingdom when you are given faith. You have peace in that very moment. I can't wait to dive into Jesus' sermon on the plain. But first, here's Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. He came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out of him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Sarah Stenson with us this week. Thanks for being here, Sarah. Thank you. So we're in the sixth chapter of Luke, Sarah, and we begin with these uh, 
foreboding words. I don't know. He came down with them. Who's them and who is he? This is... Uh, came down, yeah. <laughs> I want to know why Adam thinks that was foreboding. <laughs> hmm. well, coming down We can tell what it leads high. into. That's, that's, that's why it's foreboding. We've okay. had foreshadowing. I see. So when verse 17 says, he came down with them, this is Jesus. So just before these verses pick up, Jesus had been on a mountain all night praying, according to Luke to God. And then when day came, he called his disciples. So there was a group of disciples and he chose from that group of disciples, 12 apostles. So this is where verse 17 is now picking up. So he's coming down from that mountain with his disciples and specifically now with those 12 apostles. And then Luke goes on to say, and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a multitude of people. So this is a point of um, contention, concern, interest, depending on your perspective, he stood on a level place. Because as you'll recognize, if you heard the verses Mason read, as we talk through these verses now, this is what is commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount. However, Luke has Jesus walking down, down from that mountain and standing on a level place, a plain so in Luke's uh, account, this is not a Sermon on the Mount. It is a Sermon on the Plain. And now the only reason I'm actually even talking about this is sometimes some people can take an apparent discrepancy like this. So was the Sermon on the Mount or was it on a level place on the plain, as this Gospel of Luke says? And they'll say, well, there's a conflict in the text. So now if you can't um, have consistency in the text in that way, now you start to undermine the rest of Scripture, like pulling a domino out or like Jenga, you pull that one and then the whole thing falls down. Mm -hmm. So um, that is not the way we understand the function of Scripture. So for us, it, the key is not how many um, feet above sea level Jesus was standing when he delivered this sermon. That's usually what I pay the most attention to. <laughs> exactly. The key here is, was it, um, what was it Jesus was saying? What climate and what's zone the function of that sermon? Exactly. <laughs> what ecosystem is he addressing? <laughs> well, I mean, so, you do get a, a sense that apparently Jesus is nocturnal because he stayed up all night praying the night before. And he yes. picked out his, uh, his 12. What did I say? I then, stayed all night and now he's in a, a different I ecosystem. A but no, this is... Thank you for explaining that. That's very helpful. Good. So he, he comes down. Uh, there's a great crowd of disciples. And then we hear from Luke that uh, people from all over the place are coming uh, to hear from him. Right. A great multitude of people, Judea, Jerusalem, coast of Tyre and Sidon. So all sorts of different um, geographical points now are converging on Jesus and in 18, verse 18, we hear, they had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. So it's easy to get um, kind of caught in the, oh, they're just looking for their, they want physical healing, which of course they do. This is certainly a part of what's happening. Um, and Jesus does heal them as we hear in the last half of verse 18 and into verse 19. But don't skip over the first part of verse 18, they had come to hear him. So 
they knew there was something to listen to. They knew there was something else happening with Jesus, not not simply the healing. And of course, the physical healing is part of it, but that's not all of it. They had come to hear him. And boy, are they about to hear him, by the way, in what he's about to say. And, it, and it's, just, it's just really, really important to just emphasize that, that the first part of this verse, they had come to hear him, is before the second half of this verse, which is typically what we focus on, and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. I mean, that's the, the action. I mean, you're having unclean spirits and all of a sudden you're healed. It's, it's where you can focus. It's the headline well, of the story. But And in this, is the unclean spirits, are they considering that to be part of the diseases or in this term, are diseases strictly like bodily diseases? Both. I mean, there's a distinction. Healed of their diseases and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, healed. So, so both. There's not a distinction there. And then it's even more than just um, like he, he touches them. But verse 19, and all in the crowd were trying to touch him for power came out from him and healed all of them. So it is actually, I mean, it is quite a thing to picture. So it's not as if the physical healings were something we're going to ignore. We're not. That's a big part of what's happening here. He is performing miracles. Even just the crowd, the people touching him are healed as, as power comes out of him. So it, it's not that it's insignificant at all that he's doing these physical healings or miracles. Just don't skip over the very first they had come to hear him and, 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 and. So um, in where, how far does this take place? Like how far before Jesus's crucifixion does this take place? Is this a few years? Is this when he's just starting out? Is this right before people start to turn on him? He's been doing a lot of things, miracles, calling his apostles now just before this, but there's still a ways to go before the crucifixion in okay. this account. So, Because it seems like everyone still likes him, and that's why I'm like, <laughs> eh, we've got to be a little ways out, it, it seems. <laughs> well, here's, here's another thing I do want to pick up in verse 19. Um, if you're a regular listener to our podcast, you may have heard us talking about the healing component. And frequently when um, we hear the English word healing, the Greek word is actually sozo or salvation. Uh, so we have talked about this in more than one occasion that we'll see uh, your faith has healed you, your faith has made you well. That's sozo in those accounts. Salvation, your faith has saved you. In this text, however, in these verses, uh, 18 and 19, the healing is actually uh, physical healing. This is not, um, this is not sozo here. So it is an accurate translation here. And even just as you're thinking of it, physical healing is what we're talking about here. Okay. Okay. So then he kind of starts into his spiel. Um, he first starts off on a good note, and then he turns to, like, it sounds like lecturing, but we'll start on the good note. He says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry. So before we continue, can we start on blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God? We hear this whole thing a lot. Right. If it's not here, it's in a different context. Right. Can you break it down? Yes, I can. So... The blessed, and this is true all the way through, um, is makarios in the Greek. And that 
that Greek word is translated as blessed, but it also what it means specifically is God extending his benefits. So when you read this, God is extending his benefits to you who are poor, you are hungry, you who weep now. This verse specifically, the you who are poor. The poor, the Greek word for poor here is toso. That's P-T-O-S-S-O, which means literally crouching, cowering, Mm-hmm. destitute. So it certainly does carry with it poverty, the way we mm-hmm. hear the word poor. But it also, um, when you read some of the um, ways this Greek word is used, it also means kind of that physical posture of crouching and cowering and mm-hmm. um, having no confidence. Yeah, so it's not necessarily monetarily speaking. It is that also, but it's not necessarily Only just that. that. Right, right. But when Jesus goes on to say, blessed, again, this is God extending his benefits to you who are poor, uh, destitute, crouching, uh, cowering, for yours is the kingdom of God. It's easy to skip over because you're right, Kiri, it's really familiar. We have songs that actually absolutely come out of this text. Don't lose track of yours is the kingdom of God. It's a present tense active. It's actually present indicative active is the form in the Greek. Yours is the kingdom of God. So this is not future tense. It means the kingdom of God is constituted. It exists. It happens when God extends his benefits to you, when he blesses you. So this is not... um, a privileging of poverty text, which it frequently can get flipped into. Mm-hmm. That's not what's happening here. What's happening is this is Jesus talking about God extending his blessing to you here and now, delivering his kingdom. And the kingdom of God is faith in God, peace. You're no longer cowering in fear. You're actually comfortable being the creature God created you to be. That is the kingdom of God. And that happens when God extends his hand of blessing to you. So all of that is packed into that one sentence, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And I I do appreciate that. For once, the English translation actually kind of picks up on that, that blessed are and yours is the kingdom. It's it's happening in the here and now, rather than some sort of we need to understand the Greek, which we do. Yeah, we do. Hello. Thank you for explaining that. But <laughs> yeah. hello, you're talking like to the, the English does does actually reflect the when it's actually happening. Right here and now, including when this sermon is preached coming out of this text, mm-hmm. and you as the pastor or fellow Christian are actually delivering God's blessing, His benefit faith, faith in Christ, that Christ forgives you all your sin. That Mm -hmm. is the kingdom of God here and now. It's a strange thing to say, though, to uh, someone who's poor. That Uh, that you get a sermon, uh, effectively? Well, not not that, but for yours now is the kingdom of God. Right. Uh, It doesn't make sense, or it, it, it doesn't appeal to the senses. There you go. No, it doesn't. Because when you hear, blessed are you who are poor, you would think, the remedy 
for being destitute, especially poverty, mm-hmm. is money. Mm-hmm. That's logically how you would balance that scale out. You don't have enough money? Well, here, God will give you money. Mm-hmm. The prosperity gospel, that's not what Jesus is saying. And it is like actually- a, a physical revival. To, sure. Right, to or you, you're crouching. Okay, I'll give you a, a <laughs> right. strong spine this is and what a the strong back. Or, like. <laughs> or right. You don't have confidence. Yeah. I I will give you confidence. Like yep. it, whatever the scale you want to be, it, you'd think that the remedy would be to in the law. It. You would think the remedy would be in the law, which is what all of these examples you're we're talking about now are. That you would think Christ is going to balance those scales out, and actually, even God blessing us would be tilting the balance in mm-hmm. our favor. Mm-hmm. the scales, but it's not. It's the kingdom of God, which is faith and peace. And it's actually the gospel. It's not the law. Mm-hmm. So Christ continues. He says, blessed are you who are hungry now uh, for you will be filled. Um, and this sounds as if it has the same sort of dynamic as the, the previous blessing. Right. Um, so the hungry here certainly does mean in the Greek, it's paineo, which means like actual food hungry, but it also means needy and desiring deeply. So blessed are you who have this deep desire for you will be filled, which is cortazo in the Greek, fed. So certainly food, food and satisfied and filled. So that neediness will be filled when God extends his benefits to you. So certainly, absolutely, you can read this as simple hunger, but it also has a deeper meaning, which is that neediness, the lack of satisfaction that you want more, 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 that there's this deep driving desire for more. And again, Jesus is using that word makarios for blessing. So what he's saying is God will fill those who are not satisfied, who are not filled in the moment. The verb tense here, though, is future indicative passive. In other words, God will be the one doing the filling not you. So God will extend his benefits to you. He will bless you. He will fill you. He will satisfy you. But that is not a present tense. And the same thing then with blessed are you who weep now for you will laugh. But but these things happen, will happen when God extends his benefits to you, when he gives you peace, when he brings his kingdom. All those things are carried in this the word blessing or blessed till we hit 22. Yeah. <laughs> when we twist. hit 22 and <laughs> yeah. then it starts to turn a corner a little bit. Right. And it starts in again on blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the son of man. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to make sure we include that in there as well. Yes. Um, it doesn't sound good. I mean, well, and this is, I know especially throughout our time at Luther House, this is something that we continue getting told to us is that, you know, we don't have a fair God. Um, that And this is kind of showing it right here, you know, um, fully of even though when you're a Christian, that doesn't mean life is going to be good. It's or right, fair, lovely all the time. It means people are actually going to spit on you and... <laughs> Revile you, you yeah. hate you, defame you. See, I thought that's where you're going, Carrie. That oh, given that's your time at Luther going. House, you've experienced all this because oh, of Luther House. I mean, well, right, yeah. some of us have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on account of the Son of Man. So you're right to pick that up as the key. So this is not 
um, you know, sometimes people will hear this verse. I've actually been in groups of pastors where they're like, oh, my congregation hates me. I must be doing something right. And that's not what Jesus is saying here. <laughs> Don't take that See, as, that's what as I'm affirmation. No. I'm poor. I'm hungry. I'm my weeping. My congregation people hates hate me. me. Exactly. <laughs> Things are all good. <laughs> exactly. Boy, I am blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> no. I would go cry. <laughs> Well, good. Yeah, you're weeping, for you will laugh soon. Oh, Don't you worry. Oh, she is laughing. Hey, thank you. So, when she, the, again, Curie was right to pick up on, on account of the Son of Man. So, it's, um, and you've certainly heard us talk about this, and I'm sure many people have experienced this. When you preach Christ, and when you are a Christian, when you actually believe Jesus uh, meant what he said when he said, I am the way the truth, the life, no other way to the Father except through me, all those things. You are standing firm in your confession that God gave you, actually, that this is a black and white line, that you, you yield nothing on that confession. When you have that strong confession in this life, it does um, set you apart for hatred, exclusion, defamation of character, because Jesus' message is incredibly offensive. Even as we just unpacked in those verses uh, 20 through 20 and 21, Jesus did not go around in his day and certainly now in ours to somehow um, balance the scales in the law or, or reward Christians with uh, whatever their heart desires. It's quite the opposite. And that's what Jesus is laying out here. It's the opposite of that. When you have this confession and when you do not back down on that confession, because scripture says so, by the way, not because it's just a theological fight that's fun to engage in, but because scripture says so and souls are at stake, it does uh, offend people. This is not the way to go along, to get along, Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. will be attacked. Mm -hmm. And Jesus tells his disciples this multiple times. You'll be hated for my namesake. Some of you will be killed. So this is just another place where Jesus is calling a thing what it is, telling it, um, telling the truth, capital T. It happened to the apostles. Mm -hmm. It happens to us to this day. When you preach Christ without um, yielding, without bending in that confession. Well, I think in the past you guys have compared it to the very popular phrase nowadays, agree to to disagree. Mm -hmm. Um, And how that doesn't doesn't work with this. (laughs) That's exactly right. This is not a moment of, well, you have your truth. I have my truth. Like, mm-hmm. no, like we're on the bachelor. Jesus is the truth, yeah. which is why this is so offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something deeply uh, encouraging or, I mean, comforting about uh, Christ actually saying this too. I mean, it, as you said, it it, uh, it gives us no sort of false optimism about how life will go. Right. And how, what it means to be a Christian either. So 
Carrie might think this is uh, harsh to hear. Dark. I think it's actually nice. <laughs> Just shows some which ways. side we're on. <laughs> but these same words, Adam, someday may hit you completely opposite. Like sure. you and Carrie yeah. may flip. That's your confession right now, which yeah. is, you know, thanks be to God. Well, I but think there it's... may come a day when when it's it's incredibly offensive to you. And, and you have been reviled, defamed, excluded. Um, and there, it, you might need a preacher to put this back into your ear. I'll talk to you. There okay. you go. <laughs> well, no, I think back to when we were, again, I keep referencing like the days of yore with Luther House. But I think back and a lot of like, this stuff was offensive to us because we were still kind of starting to understand it. We were still denying a lot of it. We were still thinking that like our worth was up to us a little bit. We didn't uh, we didn't find the freedom in this. We found we only saw the law, right? And that's where it kind of stopped for us when we were first starting, right? You know, and now I'm still finding the law, and Adam is at the gospel. Well, he's actually oh. at the <laughs> he's in verse 23, which the very first word is rejoice yeah. in that day and leap for joy. So the Greek word here for rejoice is Cairo which means delight in God's grace, experience God's grace. And and so as we're talking about it, it doesn't seem like this would be a moment of experiencing the grace of God to be hated, excluded, reviled, defamed, but it is because it is in those moments. And again, this is on account of the son of man. It's in those moments we're actually stripped of any sense of our own righteousness or our own sense of accomplishment, because that's of course going to be in the law. So then when, when Jesus goes on to say here, for surely your reward is great in heaven, that again is a present tense proclamation. Your reward is great in heaven. It, part of the key here is that God's grace, which is what that Cairo word means here, is his disposition toward us, his attitude toward us. And that disposition or attitude, God's grace, includes both his wrath and his mercy, the killing and the making alive. So that's contained in these two verses, 22 and 23 as well, that we are experiencing God's wrath when we have our idols removed, our sense of self, our mm -hmm. reputation, we're excluded, all these things. This is actually experiencing God's wrath, which mm -hmm. is why I'm saying to Adam, mm -hmm. there may come a day when you need to have a preacher put this back in your ear mm -hmm. when these idols have been stripped away from you. But what that preacher says is that wrath is not the final word over you. It is God's mercy, which goes back to the blessed Makarios, God extending his hand to you, mercy. And that is when we are in heaven, present tense, which is what Jesus says. Your reward is great, is great in heaven, um, present tense. And again, that heaven, God's kingdom, same thing. It's actually being at peace with having a God, not being God, which means you actually will find yourself being at peace with being persecuted and reviled on account of Jesus, because you know that does not have the final word over you. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Sarah Stenson for teaching us that we truly can rejoice in God's grace. 
for surely our reward is great in heaven. Let me say that again. Our reward is great in heaven. Present tense. God's grace is his disposition towards us. It's God's mercy. We finally have peace. Amen to that. Luther House of Study wouldn't exist without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email at sstenson at augie.edu. That's S-S-T-E-N-S-O-N at A-U-G-I-E dot E-D-U. You can find her email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. We also invite you to stay connected to the ministries that are happening at Luther House of Study by following our page on Facebook, subscribing to our newsletter, or watching our resource videos at lutherhouseofstudy.org. If you found our conversations helpful in understanding gospel texts, please send this episode to a friend or family member who you think would find it helpful, enjoyable, or interesting, even if they've listened to the podcast before. We appreciate your grassroots support and spreading the good news. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God's blessings are here and now. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.